Hello, my name is Jordan Lewis. Welcome to the Re-Evolve Media Revolution podcast, where we interview hip-hop artists from across Canada and try to get some insight into what others are doing right so that we may do right by us. Today's episode features junk. I mentioned this in the interview, but I'm going to say it again here in the intro. I am amazed how humble junk is. And this is shortly after his album with Young Stitch charts number one in the country. I talk to a lot of artists on a weekly basis, and I know everyone is going to be different, but I feel like it's my duty to make clear that you don't lose anything by being humble. And if you did, you probably dodged the bullet. I have mad respect for those who are just good people because they know how that energy moves around and creates the potential for things even unrelated to them to spark. Now conversely, what energy do we put out when we lack humility? That's pride, bro. There's absolutely nothing wrong with pride or being proud or accepting that you're a 10 out of 10 absolute babe in every single way. But when that energy is projected and it's seen as a dominant personality trait, I think it goes without saying that there are a lot of people who aren't going to resonate with that. In fact, you might just attract the wrong attention. Imagine a group full of dickheads who think they're all king shit claiming its throne. Nah, 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 screw that. We don't need that energy. How about instead we talk about individuals who put in the work, put in the effort, aim to be respected rather than challenged, and even while they are stacking the accolades to their career, still know that they have immense room for improvement. Now, I'm not saying that I don't exhibit the aforementioned faults, but this interview with Junk has inspired me to lean towards humility as well as to respect it more in others. Here's Junk. All right, we're recording. What is up, everybody? I'm here with Junk. Junk, how you doing, brother? Living good, man. Just won a big pot last night's poker game, so I'm straight. That's sick, man. You're fairly new to poker, you're telling me as well, right? 10 days in, I'm up 3K, crushing people, all in. Fucking studying strategy, playing online, playing with the boys, bought a $600 poker table, all that shit. We're ready to go. So is that a thing for you, just coming hot out the gates or what? Hot out the gates. I'm fixated. I'm fixated on it. I love that, yep. bro. So, mm-hmm. so Junk, my man, born in Langen, Germany. Correct me if I'm saying it wrong. No, that's good. Uh, You're the first person that has said that kind of on point. So, word up. Lang- uh, Langen. How Langen. we say it in Germany, but Langen, yeah. If, if you have Canadian. Accent in there. No, that's good. That's good. Respect. When about that was it when you uh, came to Canada from Langen? Um, like 94, 94. Okay. 93, 94 is when I came over. I mean, I wasn't living there. I was living in Berlin, Germany okay. at the time. Okay. So I came, I went from Berlin to, to Canada, 93, 94, something like that. That's dope, man. And I, I know it's like ancient times now, but do you remember much of that transition? <laughs> yeah, I remember it well. I mean, well, lots of it. Well. Yeah, I remember it mad well. Lots of it is peppered, you know, in my music. A lot of the shit, that whole transition is pivotal moment. Oh, of course, so man. Just to find of- a lot of you find a lot of it in the music for sure. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. It obviously wasn't the, the easiest time coming from, uh, it's two different worlds, right? Two different worlds, different languages, all new start, couldn't even speak language, all that shit. So obviously, you know, for a kid, it's hard, but, yeah. uh, but I adjusted. We're and here. It was straight to Vancouver. Um, no, it was Canada. I was Germany, Berlin to, um, yeah, BC, but it was the Kootenays, small little place, Kootenays. Nelson, BC. Yeah. A couple little towns around there. It was like bush life, small town life for a while, you know? And then I moved to Vancouver when I was like my late teens to pursue music and, uh, oh, was a solo, and take man. it more seriously. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's dope, man. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear more about that, but yeah, I got to straight up say thank you for joining us today, man. I know we had a, that half an hour troubleshooting before we even got recording. Oh, <laughs> 
Yeah, dude, I, I got to say, I'm lucky enough to have heard of you before, even luckier to get have got the chance to pour through your content. And just in communicating with you through even DMs and the short conversations we've had, man, I feel blessed to have you here. Uh, one of my biggest initial takeaways, Likewise. man. Yeah, oh, of course. Likewise. Blessed, um, blessed. Um, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, dude. One of my biggest takeaways initially, man, was uh, mm. I've had artists I've, I've never mm-hmm. really heard of before try to size us up or otherwise completely disregard us. And Revolve, her fairly new business, only been alive for less than a year. But, yep. uh, you know, these uh, other artists kind of talking with their chests out. But for you, man, is the humility right away. No shit on anyone else. I understand the different sides of the dice. But really, my G, I'm stoked, uh, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Bro, we can do this over a Zoom call. I'm chilling in my home. Like, you know what I mean? If I can reach one... If I can uh, share a couple details and maybe convert somebody into checking my stuff out, one person's good enough for me, man. I ain't big enough. I, I'm not, I'll never, you know what I mean? I don't, yeah, man. What the, it's COVID, bro. I'm trying to just get out there. If one person listens to the shit, I'm happy. You know what I mean? See, dude, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's like humble as fuck because I've heard about you before, man. And I, like I said, I'm blessed to afford through your content because, oh man, you've, you've been around for a minute and you've been putting in work since the beginning. Like again, hot out the gates, just like the poker shit. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, when I'm fixated on something, I do it. I go all in, literally. Uh, my earliest trace back I can do for you though is around mm-hmm. what is it? Let's see. I got you. I got you in in 2011. You got MTV's end of the week contest. Yep, that's the earliest I could trace you back. But you don't. You don't come out the gate. I can't. I can't say you probably came out the gates winning that contest. You probably had a, a long history nah. before that of freestyling and battle rapping. Yeah, yeah. Open mics. Open mics. High school parties, grad, hosting grad parties, rapping in parking lots, freestyle battles, open mic nights, hey. uh, all that stuff, man. So, yeah, there was a long progression, obviously, before that. before that. How many years before the 2011 victory was, would you say you were kind of heavy in the scene? Um, I don't know. I'd say, like, 2005, 2006. Wasn't he? I was still living in Nelson, but I was doing, like, hosting. I was, like, 15, 16, hosting open mic nights. At a at a nightclub, you know, where I wasn't even allowed to be in, but I was hosting Word. the nights there, and then um, recording, you know, chilling with the homies, recording on Cool Edit back, and then doing a lot of recording and writing, um, and just like burning discs and just giving them to people, burnt discs, and just getting my shit out there. And Nelson kind of like I kind of reached a pinnacle quick there, and then I moved to Vancouver and started entering uh, freestyle rap competitions and started winning them a lot. And then King of the Dot came around, I entered that. Started winning in there, went to Toronto, battled there. And like all amidst all that, I entered this uh, end of the week competition, won the provincials in BC. They flew me out to Toronto, won the nationals. And two days later, they flew me to Paris, took third in the world there, came back. That really helped with credibility. And then I just see, I formed a new group, Northwest Division with my guy Hungry. And then we started making albums, music and getting onto big open local shows. Then we started touring a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, and then Stealth Bomb came into the thing and I kind of stepped up a bit because my homie had a son and he was like, I can't really tour. So then I did a solo album, Ian, 2016, blah, 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 Snack, Siamese, Stealth Bomb. It was, and then I started touring with Snack and Merck and Onyx in Europe and across Canada. And then I, things really started percolating and becoming a bit more uh, serious. In 2016, I say things really started like popping more for me, you know, yeah. it's been the last, like I've been at it a long time, but since 2016, since I dropped that Ian album, I did other shit before that. You know what I mean? Shows Word. and tours, big shows too, like playing at big theaters here in Vancouver, locally made a name for myself here. Like as one of the elite kind of like local sure. acts. Yeah, yeah. And in one 2016, the, the cult scene. 
Yeah, but then in 2016, I really took it like overseas to Europe and, you know, thanks to Smack and shit. So, um, yeah, 2016 is when I kind of just started being on the map a little more across the country and in Europe and in other pockets of the world a bit here and there. So that's amazing, man. Yo, you you just answered like 30% of the questions I had going for you. But no, that's that's amazing, dude. We hit the we've hit pretty much the last 10 years of your life right there. Hey, yeah, hey. man. I mean, fuck, we don't have that much time. So, you know, I motor melt it and just try to get it all out. Oh, dude, that's perfect. You're making my life a hell of a lot easier. Trust me. We'll, we'll, t- we'll touch notes on each each one of those points. Where, where, where? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go, going back uh, as well though, to 2012, 2011, those days where mm-hmm. you were uh, first kicking it with Northwest Division, you got you created that group. Yeah. Well, the inspiration behind uh getting together with it was, it was you hungry g-box and catch from from the get-go right? uh, yeah g-box was just like the dj for us you know what i mean okay, he was like course. a touring dj but he was originally part of the yeah but but he was in, the in-house dj yeah yeah in-house dj still household member beatboxer dj producer just the homie um <clears throat> no it was the inspiration was mean hungry like when I first come to Vancouver, you know, there's all these little rap clicks and whatnot. Mean sure. Defenders, Animal Crackers, Household kind of thing was a thing. And then I came and they, I kind of like was just friended into that group of people. But I was like the outsider of that group. So I ended up battling Hungry in, in the first King of the Dot battle in Vancouver division ever. And I, I took the W that day. But after that day, we were, it was all like, you know trying to get dirt on one another and just like battling each other but after that yeah we actually became we're to this day we're like you know one of my best friends in the world so after that shortly after that a year after that we just started we actually we were supposed to do a two-on-two together we teamed up to battle someone else but they dropped out yeah. but little side note that someone else who dropped out was young stitch which is funny so we'll no get to that shit. later but that's funny so it's like it's through battle rap and king of the dot that i like made some crazy connections with Wait, my opponents so, so and turned it this into is 10 years ago we're talking about this right is 10 now. years ago yeah, yeah, yeah damn dude so i met like hungry through battling basically we had like beef and then we just became homies because we're like ah we let it you know get past us or whatever and then we were or, try to team up for a two on two actually we did a two on two and then we were supposed to do another one but the, the, the it was payday and young stitch fast forward 10 later me and young stitch have this we'll get to that later but that's just funny so it's like yeah i met hungry like that and then so we made a group northwest division he came up with the name you know it was the we played the whole hockey spinoff we were yeah, in vancouver's yeah, yeah. in the northwest division we took that logo we changed the words blah 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 so um, the inspiration was just literally came from a battle and then we became homies and made a group and we're about to put out a new album actually next month. First one in five years, we have three albums and three EPs already oh, under our belts, but yeah. And so that's the Northwest vision. That's crazy. Yeah. We're dropping one next May uh, they, or like this May coming up or shooting a video next week and getting the singles together and whatnot. So that'll that's be coming interesting. out. And being signed to a label doesn't hinder your ability to perform outside of it at all. No, not at all. Not the contract. That's the beauty of being independent. Like snacks. So cool. I was just like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, that, the contract was for the lions and goats album with young stitch and, you know, and public perception, I'm there repping the team everywhere I go. But like for this sure. Northwest division thing is, separate of stealth bomb records it's not gonna be a sbr release yeah, sure, but sure. i can move in whatever you know that's what that i, mean, I want man, to that's the beauty of that. a lot of freedom i have all the freedom in the world to do whatever See, fuck I want. that's a misconception that i have about i am sure a lot of artists have about being uh being associated with a label especially mm-hmm. to the degree that i've seen you work with stealth bomb records mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not fucking Universal or Warner. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the restrictions are a lot different there. You got to sure. know, okay, your your next five albums, they're ours. Yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. the deal may be. This is like, yeah, a lot of freedom. That's the beauty of being an independent artist, bro. You can just like, if if 
you can navigate through shit yourself and do whatever you want. You know, in the long run, in the long run, you might not have the machine behind you and the like mainstream push, but in the long run, you might actually make more money than someone on a five year run because everything is you and your freedom and you don't lose any fucking, you know, percentages. Yeah. So it's nice. In a sense, it's just kind of like a harder climb then. It's a harder climb, but I think it sets you up for the future proper. You know, I'm yeah, not saying dude. that if, if I wasn't signed you a warrant, your muscles from but it. I mean, it's, I, that's just what I'm on. I'm, I'm, I've been on my independent grind and I'm going to continue to do so, man. You that's know, sick, fine. Man. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. I, I got you to, I, I need you to clear up a misconception as well for me. Mm-hmm. You said, uh, in terms of battle rapping that you had to mm-hmm. dig up dirt on the guys. And I was recently talking to someone about mm-hmm. battle rapping and I guess this mm-hmm. was a misconception that I had. Is a lot of battle rapping pre-written or is it off the dome? Well, in, in King of the Dot, it's a, it's a written battle league, right? Like URL okay. and yeah, Smack. Yeah. 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 All that shit. That, those are written battle leagues. So people, they'll be like, they'll hit you up. Let's say the organizer of the event will be like, yo, junk, do you want to battle whatever X, right? This dude, I'll say, sure. And he'll hit, they hit up that dude. Yo, homie, do you want to battle junk? Sure. Okay. You're, the date is uh, December 30th or whatever, right? November yeah. 18th. It's October 20th now. You got three weeks work. Then you go look at the guy's battle or his songs. Uh, and then you I listen see. to the shit he said and you start collecting data and info, all the, and then you get dirt on them. And then, and then you put it together in a three round piece written. But that being said, him. that being said, so it's like, it's doing a research for two to three weeks on, on someone. But that being said, when you get, you know, to the stage, um, first of all, memorizing that is fucking, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's nerve wracking respect to all battlers out there. Cause it's nerve wracking, but a lot of people also have freestyle rebuttals and you can, you know, the dope ones will have their shit prepared, but then they'll also use stuff from that particular night. Like the color of the guy's jeans or his chain or something like that. And then like, so if you're a good freestyler too, and you can do the shit off the head, you can incorporate some of that plus your written stuff. So you can pepper in all these layers and then your performance really gets crazy, you know? So, but it's, it's primarily a, it's a written battle beat. That's what it is. So yeah. well, I, I, I did that, but I prefer the on beats freestyle off the head battles. So that's where I really came up and excelled in that shit. The improv hey. shit was my stuff. Yeah. No, no, man. Because you're, you're a freestyle artist as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unreal, man. You've actually cleared up another misconception with me, or or I don't know if I this was just an issue that I had. You've kind of given me more respect for diss tracks because in a sense, is a diss track not just a beefed up rap battle? Pretty much, pretty much. It's just recorded on a beat and in a studio so you can like, you know, engineer and make it sound really crisp and shit yeah. too. So really, yeah, like that's a good point. It's pretty much is just a beefed up live rap battle but taped you know so it can be yeah. doctored as much as possible you know what I mean? well so. I, I used to not have respect for diss tracks because i was like how could you write a song and you're just like obsessed with this guy the entire time you're writing it and then you're coming up with disses but it, it, that's kind of the similar way that rap battles are handled or how those beats sure. are handled mm-hmm. Facts, that's interesting yeah. man that's interesting all right well taking it back to 2012 you released a track called dear brother this was my first track that i, I got to listen to of yours uh, crazy yeah 2012 I, mean, the, I think that's like 2010 song 2010? but maybe you heard okay. it in 2012 yeah oh, i believe I, so because it was on this mixtape that it was called too broke to buy beats and i think i did that in like 2010 so we're bro and that's what i was gonna bring up next that we're too broke to buy beats yeah, How, yeah, yeah. isn't isn't that kind of just like a, a chapter in a stage in life that's that's i don't know man i was listening to your 2019 track called together in pieces and one of your lines are living my dreams million of streams millions of streams killing the scene and that's completely opposite of that too broke to buy beats line um not really because streams are i mean too broke to buy beats i was just 
You know, it's a statement at the time. I didn't have the means to buy beats from producers that I respected. So I just went Word. to YouTube or just fucking stole them and made mixtapes like people used to do in other people's beats. So yeah, I just yeah, did yeah. that. You know what I mean? And that's it. And then fast forward 10 years later or whatever. That's just, you know, an accumulation of a decade later of working. Now I am like I've been grinding and my dreams are coming true. And I'm, you know, getting the streams that uh, I work hard for, you know, from like you said. I'm too broke to buy beats to fucking live in my dreams and getting them streams, bro. <laughs> it's the contrast that I love, man, especially because those are, you've got such a huge discography, man. So I'm sure there's going to be ties between like every tracks and contrast. It's pretty between big. A lot of it's the pretty big. Stuff. Yeah, man. Right. You, you've got a long running track history and you don't really, was there ever a point in your like 10 years where you, you took like a solid break from music? Nah. That's what I'm thinking. Nah. I, it doesn't I just seem always, like it. No, I need to do it. It's my therapy. It's my sanity intact piece, man. If I don't do it, I'll die. Or, bro. And is there is there any super old uh, content of yours that is uh, lacking the quality that you would want to kind of show the world? Oh, for that sure, for it? sure, yeah. bro. Is any of it available? Because all the stuff that I could find, man, is like really good quality for what I. Yeah, for and I did that. You know, I fucking tailored it to like the stuff that is readily available. Is obviously the stuff that I've spent more time and professionally consider. A piece of my discography. There's there's pieces of my discography that I will never even put it like shit that I used to do when I was 17, 16, 15. That's like yeah. Like I had albums, bro. I had two other groups and oh, three no other way. albums that ironed all this shit, but it's just not even available on the internet. It's floating around mixtapes that whatever, but like, you know, so the ones that are lacking in quality, they're not really available because I don't want that really to be out there. Maybe one day it'll be all packaged up as like that's what I was wondering, yeah. Whatever, but for now, the stuff that's available is the stuff that, like, you know, I put my stamp on. and even it's the shit like, reason, yeah. like too broke to buy beats. That's not really available. That's some YouTube shit. Yeah. So if you fuck with me, you'll find that on YouTube. But that's like I'm not even pushing that because a it wasn't my music, so I don't own the rights to it. Never made money off it. But like, start getting into my first stuff, like my first out, like my rap better party harder with Hungry or Orange and Black with him, uh, which are my first albums. Then Ian, I am no one. Those are things that I can, those are mine. You know, I own the rights to it. Those are yeah. things where I was like, oh shit, labels are starting to hit me up, all that stuff. And I was starting to take myself like, you know, I did 10 years of working on the craft and then those records started dropping. And th- those are my official first debut joints. But even there, I've just gotten better lyrically, technically. Uh, my tone has changed, improved, whatever. Like the and, and also the engineers I've been working with, they've been getting better. So like the drums are knocking more. So everything's just been evolving better, like sonically and acoustically, everything is just better. You know what I mean? And, and it will continue to do so because technology changes every month. So it's like in 12 months from now, the album I dropped then is going to be so much better sonically than something I dropped today just because it's just crazy how much progression there is constantly with technology. No doubt. And yes. we're, we're going to take that quick break here, but I got one last question no before we do is in those first few years of you creating music and, and you mm-hmm. know that you didn't really own the shit, did, did you did you think at that time that, that those would be uh, content that you left behind? Um, no, I don't think so, man. I just went full steam. And just like, yo. And it was what it was, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to do it for doing it. I don't think I was. Like, again, if I was thinking like that in a business sense, then I probably wouldn't have. I would have maybe taken a little more time to do those things. And like, but the thing is, I had to do those things to get to where I'm at now. So I don't regret any of the music I made, even though some of it's shit. But it's like, (laughs) you got to, you got to, you got to miss 10 shots to fucking, you know, get your, get the one that goes in. So For sure, man. I I always see the value in the growth being visible as well, man. For sure. And my growth is visible, but some of the shit is just like, like the two, two broke to buy beats. That's fine. If you're a fan of mine, you go on YouTube, it's their word, but it's like, I'm not, 
I can't sell it. So it's like what grow like those aren't mine. So I'm not yeah. trying to like, you know what I mean? If, like, I but if you really you. want to tune in, you can. It's still there on YouTube or whatever. So word. Okay, well, we'll take that quick break, eh? Word up. Easy. And we are gonna listen to a track by junk. This one is called Hold Up. Enjoy. In this world, wars have been lost and empires destroyed through moments of weakness. Through moments of weakness. Hey yo, incorrect depictions of wealth Materializing children till their innocence melts I'm guilty of it too, that's why I'm pissed at myself I'll get it, big business push you to the things that they sell That's the big corporate agenda, need to think for yourself Ignoring pressure, learning lessons will position you well The perfect message to his peasants is get rich or you'll fail That's how they get you, you ain't special so you think of your L's That's not depression, it's oppression, it's a prison to sell Them suppressing all your questions is a business itself <laughs> Industrious, laborious, triumphant and victorious Hustle till your customers be comfortable and glorious Illustrate reality ain't coming for Euphoria. I'm the one that's warning you, we're running with some warriors You wanna be the illest of MCs, then report on something real and like them pictures on your screen Sipping lean, flipping keys, this is just the industry Simple to control us when their businesses are imagery Slinging cocoa isn't culture, man that shit is weak I get it if you do that shit just so your kids can eat For record sales, that's the pitch, I'm in disbelief Are we losing being human in this art? Doing music's therapeutic, so I use it through the dark Phones in her pockets make us stupid and not smart Like the clothes that we're rocking with the jewelry and cars That's some true shit, you can't be mad at that Can't believe they say faggots still in battle rap Fuck your shoulders or the white and fuck your avalanche And fuck a snitch, it's not a game, it won't back a rat You slang gay that is brainless if you have a dad Don't know what you're doing, then it's Vegas, you don't have a chance Little homies need to change up on your habitat Hold up. Huh. Tell me what we teaching to the youth Why we speaking to them without ever reaching for the truth Hold up Cause all they see is slang cocaine But a kilogram's copper gas and gold chains It's fucked Tell me what we teaching to the youth Why we speaking to them without ever reaching for the truth Hold up Cause all they see is Lambos, planes, and brasses from France And the Crackstone game Wake up Hey yo I think these children need a leader Instead of idiots sipping lean Cause that shit'll give you seizures And I don't mean lean like that building is in Pisa Man, it's lean's more mysterious than pyramids in Giza Whatever happened to just twisting up a reefer Having a drink with a cohiba or just sipping on tequila I guess things change quicker than a cheetah Kids going ape shit cause they be picturing they Caesar Pitch stones, crack rockers for reeds I'll call your white shoes cause you won't last long in the streets The name jump, I fuck with trap songs for the beats I stand out like a pair of sand socks on your feet But enough about me The music is the savior What it was until consuming made us humans be in danger Glorifying guns, making stupid people famous Selling drugs in the movies Don't make it cooler than a glacier To the youth watching this pollution in the cranium All they need to do is go and get a mule in 40 acres Working don't go crazy like that shooter was in Vegas Respect those clips instead of feuding with the neighbors Living in the moment while you're planning for the future With the children should be told us why a rapper come to Tutor. Understand it's not the triangle of Bermuda So manage what I'm saying, get a handle on it soon Hold up Tell me what we teaching to the youth Why we speaking to them without ever reaching for the truth Hold up Cause all they see is slang cocaine But a kilogram's copper gas and gold chain It's fucked Tell me what we teaching to the youth Why we speaking to them without ever reaching for the truth Hold up 
That's all they see is Lambos, planes, and brasses from France in the Crackstone game. Wake up! What is up, everybody? I'm back with Junk. How's it going, brother? We out here, bro. We out here, my dude. Mm-hmm. And I, I know we've jumped around in terms of your your history here, but we are we're covering roughly 15 years of content. And I don't fucking know. This is probably gonna be just over half an hour, but let, let's let's dive <laughs> in, man. Let's dive in. Michael Phelps. 2012. Was this the first music video that you guys released, Lifelines? Yep. Yeah, that was the first music video. Um, actually, I did a music video before that. It was called Junk Radio Soap. That was my first music video I ever did, which is fucking hilarious. That was for an was album. That, I dro- uh, can we I find that? Two- yes. Thing is, you can find it on my website. My name is junk.com, like next week. The album is actually going for 100 to $150. People are auctioning this album. What? I have like 80 copies Dude. left. It's getting crazy. But you can YouTube Junk Radio Soap. I was like, that was 2006, 2007. I did it here yeah. in Vancouver. Um, that was the first video I did, but like, that was the first project I did. I mean, I, I was, yeah. So it's pretty fucking hilarious. Um, that's unreal, not, man. Yeah. But yeah, the first one we did as Northwest division and first one we really did that. I like, yeah, it was lifelines who did that. Um, you guys just yeah. shot for the quality there and you knew exactly what you wanted to see. And I'd say you hit the mark with it. Yeah. Northwest division lifelines. That was a dope. That was off an album. That's not even available online. That was, that was an album called Northwest division. That was me catch and hungry when we were still a trio then the next project was rap better party harder uh rbph and that was just me and hungry when we kind of transferred from like boom bap vibes to a little more modern um you know a little more i'd say like a little more leaning towards the more melodic trappy double time yeah, stuff. yeah so, yeah then he that, was uh, he just became our manager at kind of just handling some business operations for us our homie catch so Word, that was his, yeah yeah but the lyrical content in this earlier stuff mm. the the problems pains struggles issues even even like the pleasures mm. that you you and your get your crew communicates in the, these projects uh mm. do you think they were like general signs of the times or more related sure. to the individuals and maybe in the areas of vancouver well, that y'all uh played around in or, or well, in DC, I, I think, guess? yeah i mean my homies they're orphans and fucking crack babies Shit. you know my homies are just like born addicted to crack mothers are yeah. uh, orphans and mothers dying and people you know immigrants and so there, yeah. we all kind of just like grew together as like you know we came from a really kind of shitty tr- troubled and like very uh for lack of a better term you know fucked up kind of upbringings type so we clicked up and it just made sense it was that pain through struggle and we still have that now kind of thing it's like man we came we come from like dirt but uh you know and it would be hard to overcome this type of shit and then, so we talk about the struggle and now here we are 10 years later and everyone's doing well, making money and opening businesses and got ventures going, still doing music, blah, blah, blah. So, but yeah, so it was, it was a sign of, it was like, yo, let's get that, let's get that childhood kind of trauma and struggle out the way and show people you can overcome this shit. So it was always uplifting stuff peppered in with like nostalgic, like upbringing type of music, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. And that's one of the dope parallels I'm bringing here is that we were talking about that book you're reading. Did you say Democracy in Chains? Democracy in Chains is an yeah. intense read, but I fuck with it. Just kind yeah. of relating in between, uh, like this is 2012 uh, or when you're first hitting mm-hmm. these projects with NWD and you're talking mm-hmm. about your, your lyrical content is about these like struggles and all this shit you guys grew mm-hmm. up around mm-hmm. and then coming mm-hmm. to a point where you're still having that lyrical content where you're like, yo, this, this world is fucked or you're, you're, the stuff that mm-hmm. you're consuming and the, the content of or the lyrical content that you're putting yes. out is still about that. It hasn't really changed much in terms of like the problems of the world, right? Sure. Sometimes they're worse. Some, you know, so, I mean, everything is, I don't know, 
Oh, that's a long conversation. Or well, I guess that I, is, I, man. It's a long conversation, but yeah, the world it's just been more controlled and more freedoms being taken away all the time. So we're forced into tougher positions all the time and every sure, transfer, man. you know, with the transfer of wealth and with the digital transfer of wealth, this fucking sinister digital transfer of wealth, like the rich really are going to get richer. Middle class is going. So that's why I think making music that is real and raw is, is going to just keep resonating and getting bigger and more powerful because people are just going to be struggling more and more. Like, you know what I mean? The one percenters are really controlling everything. And, so it's people, it's up to art, the artists. But the thing is, they're trying to silence art too. Like every time yeah. you make, you speak on something for real, That's they're true, trying man. to silence it. So it's key to do that. It's imperative to fucking make art that stands for something. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't think that type of dialogue that I have is going to ever go away. Cause I, I just come from that and I see it happening. I'm always going to speak yeah. on it. You know what I mean? It, it needs Word, to bro. be said. It needs to be out there. Like too much trash out there. Too much consumption of fucking corporate greed is out there in music nowadays, especially in rap. And so, so fuck that. Word, bro. And do you think for, for the general population of, or the community of underground artists that this like resistance to uh, the truth and to actually putting out art that has meaningful impact, do you think that's kind of, it's caused obviously stunts in our growth in the community, but, and as well as in income, do you think that's going to change anytime soon? Or do you think there's anything that the community can do to kind of like combat that other than kind of keep on putting on music? Well, I think NFTs, man, like, you know, there's pros and cons to eminently the NFTs and getting your own social media platforms and getting your like, you know, releasing shit on platforms that aren't just Spotify and Google and, you know, Apple and stuff like that, but like NFTs and, just doing things your way, staying independent. And the NFTs, trust me, that's going to be like a revolutionary thing. It already is. So crypto and NFTs, that combined force is going to give, I think, more power to artists in the really super near future, which like, um, yeah, I'm looking into developing some a very cool NFT thing myself. But like it just, you know, you can make an album, put it out, sell it for $500, keep 20% of it. 10 years forever and then uh, in 10 years it's sold for 25 30 40 100k who knows and you get to keep 25 percent of that so it's kind of like it just builds a relationship of between the purchaser slash fan and the artist so i think some power can be transferred back to the artist but i don't know man it's hard it's a hard world but i definitely i, I just think there's a need for it so i'm always going to be around until i whether it's rap or well, maybe i start painting whoever uh, i don't know <laughs> but it's just kind of the the smart next moves to make. Yeah, you gotta stay. You gotta stay on board with what's popping and trending Absolutely. out there for the to, to use those trends to keep your voice alive. You know what I mean? Like just because like I'm not gonna go do a weird TikTok dance just because it's trending, <laughs> but I'm gonna figure out how to do TikTok. By the way, you can follow me on TikTok. My name is Junk, uh, hey, just like all well, my other platforms. But I think it's knowing what's out there new and bubbling and buzzing and knowing how to take it and use it and keep your integrity and use it while keeping your integrity is key. You know? Yeah. And this doesn't really, it doesn't really matter what stage of artistry you're at or how, how popping you are. It's just something that everyone should kind of get on board with. Sure. Agreed, man. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's talk about your transition. Uh, so it was around 2016, 2017 uh, that you got signed to Stealth on Records with Snack the River. Yeah, 20, 2016, yeah. 2016, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when you that's when you and NWD were also kind of you guys were you guys have a heavy track record at this point. And it's I think it's amazing to learn that you're still because I guess this just clears up my misconception mm-hmm. with like labels and shit like that. And you you be able to say that you're still an independent artist as well. Um, do you think people should approach kind of the same 
style and tactics that you've gone through in order to approach whatever success means for them? Or do you think it's the way that you've gone through your process is kind of just like, it was just something that happened through the times that they were happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's definitely, well, it's definitely a process that happened during the times they were happening, but also I think I can't really give tips like, Again, would you say that it's a good map for others to follow? I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I don't know. Just try to keep your independence and try to just have as much freedom as possible. So, but again, everyone's on a different journey. Like not every, like I make the art that I make. So maybe, but maybe the journey I'm on seems good, but if I went on a different one, it would have been better. So it's like, what tips can I give? Everyone makes different music. Everyone's a different individual and human. So, you know what I mean? It, there's no point like fucking, uh, like trying to decipher whether if I did this or that, or if you did this or that is better. But all I know is do you be you stay really persistent at it, study the history of it, study your craft, put in your 10,000 plus hours, work hard and, um, and just be humble and be friendly, man. And that will take you at least to a level where maybe you're not going to blow up, but you'll be respected and respect is has longevity. So just do that, man. That's all I can say. That's it, man. And were there any, uh, in your earlier days with NWD or with, uh, stealth bomb records, mm-hmm. any like problems that you kind of faced that, you know, now, had I known this in the past, I would have been able to fucking circumvent nah, this easily. Not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. Because not at all. Cause 2015, like, again, he had his son, like, you know, he's growing up. So he had it wanted to be around for his dad or for yeah. his son. So, and I was like, all right, well, and if you're going to do this, right? well, he, he turned down some tours, the opportunities we had touring. Yeah. And I was like, all right, man, well, I can't be turning these down because like, I don't yeah. have a son. I don't have a family. So, oh, what, I want to do this. Right. So he's like, yeah, no worries. So I went and wrote and recorded a solo album, which was Ian. I am no one. And then chopped it around. The first person that heard it was snack. And he's like, I'm signing you. So, Hey, and that was, and it, it, it kind of worked easy, out eh? perfect. I was like, well, bro, I'm getting, I got signed to this snelf bomb records and snack and I'm going to tour in Europe. And that was it. And then I just transferred into the, like, I've only been pushing the junk brand since 2016. Like the yeah, in yeah. soul as a solo artist, everything else has always been with groups or like battling or this and that. Like, obviously it all, contributes to my brand but it's always been northwest division or another group i had before way back in the day carpe diem or this or that never really just going out there doing shit on my own so it's i've only been doing it for five years really as an individual you know what i mean but it, the timing was perfect he's like all right i'm not going to tour i'm going to take a step back from rap i want to be there for my son blah 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 and focus on my job and i said all right well i'm going to continue on made an album got signed immediately started touring europe and the rest is history i haven't stopped since then just been going oh so would you say this uh being signed to stealth bomb records was uh sort of like a springboard for your platform or was it just Definitely. kind of like a, a step on yeah it was did you no. have any reservations or hesitations to it no no i was stoked i mean look at the snack oh, yeah. and Hell his yeah, platform dude. and you know his affiliation with stomp down and helped obviously like helped co-create that whole movement and shit so touring obviously i got a lot of his fans trickling in checking me out and obviously touring when you know he plays for six seven eight hundred to a thousand people every night from here to europe and then you get to go on right before him you get those fans too when you're killing it and you're yeah, dope and yeah and they like you too right so it's like that was obviously a huge springboard for me for sure and scott got me to where i am now 100 let's talk about that man where you are now your recent album lions eat goats dude mm-hmm. it's number one rap album on canadian charts Hmm. Yeah. How, how how big of a fuck yeah was this how big of a oh big one bro i needed it i, I had a i had a rough year just you know like oh, everyone and just covid well, just everything. like everyone well just covid this personal shit you know what i mean that whatever i don't need to discuss but it's been a rough year so For it was sure. a nice like breath of fresh air to have that go number one just like ah, a lot of work 
lot of pain in the last 12 months. So it was nice to, uh, it was nice to have that. It was a breath of fresh air for sure. And okay. so definitely I'd put that up there with like, you know, career accolades for sure. Get that yeah. number one record. For sure, man. No doubt. Yeah. And so was this like a huge surprise or were you kind of just like, I, right, it's, it's paid off. Like I, that, that I wasn't blood, even ex- years is worth it. Well, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't at the same time. I mean, uh, to be number one is obviously a surprise. Like I wasn't expecting to, you know, nudge out yeah. yellow, yellow wolf and Caskies and Eminem's yeah, yeah. new records, which was cool. But, um, We've been working hard, man. Yeah, the Canada's small too, right? So it's like to get into the to get into the top five in Canada is a lot easier than to get into the top five if you're an American rapper trying to chart because there's a billion rappers in Canada. How many is there? You know what I mean? It's like 33 million people versus 450 million in the states. So it's like it's not like I wasn't stoked or anything, but it's like it's a nice accolade. But I'm not gonna like be like i've made it now like i just yeah, keep going sure, you know what i mean sure. oh that was yeah. great i had my five days of happiness there and still happy always will be but i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, be yeah. like i'm not gonna rub that shit in people's faces and claim like i'm some gift of god or something you know so yeah an accolade is what it is man an accolade to the career yes yeah, the accolade added to the Add it to the trophy case and then just keep going and try to get another one. Man, I you know love I mean? it i love it <laughs> thing is that the thing that bums me out is is that we, I, we couldn't tour it so far oh. because you know, when you're, when you're like, yo, we got the number one rap album of the country, yeah. the tour is live, come see us. Damn, bro. That bring, you know, you're, you're filling out venues like that. So that's a bummer, but it is what it is. Have you guys been able to bridge the gap at all? Like what is the plan to like kind of make up for that lacking? Is there? Well, we'll, we'll tour the album. We'll, no, it's just putting out content, man. Content, yeah. shooting videos, remixes, just being live online. But I don't do, I like do line live performances so i just yeah. i'm just in the studio making singles writing albums putting out projects and then when most people are vaccinated and things are kind of back to normal i'll have a lot of material to tour and it'll be uh, i think there'll be a flood of people I, it's almost going to be shitty because every artist not just rap is going to want to tour and Word. so it's going to be like you're going to be fighting for fucking you know who gets to play when and where because fighting everyone for wants venues, to fighting for people's so, time. and yeah. so many venues have shut down too permanently Word. so it's gonna be like oh man it's gonna be a bit it's a little gonna be tricky but i have faith and I, I i've built a solid reputation on having a really good live performance and uh Agreed. you know so i think people the people that i've already worked with for the last few years they, they want me back and they're just you know so i'm gonna be blessed i'm sure but it'll be tricky oh, i'm looking forward to it homie and so this project uh lines eat goats it's your mm-hmm. uh you and young stitch worked on this album together right it's a uh, yeah, well, we did it. I mean, he was in Toronto. I was in Vancouver. So we did it all over the internet through voice memos and notes over our iPhones back and forth. And yo, you do this first, first, and I'll like come in after. Okay, do eight bars here, but just all back and forth, voice memo, FaceTimes and notes. And then, uh, which is crazy because it was put together so cohesively. But that That's was because amazing. of um, 10 years of history. Well, that too, craft and hours and dedication, persistence, like I said, but yeah. mostly uh, due to Jamie Hughes, our audio engineer here in Vancouver, who does everything for me. Yeah. Um, he's crazy. He pieced it all together and made it sound just effortless and cohesive, but he put a lot of work into that. So that was, um, but like, yeah, lines, he goes crazy, bro. That album's fucking insane. Dude, it's amazing. And so how'd you come together working with young stitch on this project? Just the two of you, when I know you were, you were saying earlier, 10 years ago, you guys yes. had, were had history in the battle scene. What makes you come together 10 years later and create a project? Well, yeah. So it was, we were supposed to mean hungry. We we're supposed to battle him in payday on a, in a two and two here in Vancouver. Yeah. Three, four days before they didn't come. They didn't show up. They said, oh, we can't make it. No. And way. then fast forward 10 years later, somewhere around there, I seen 
some Instagram reel or clip or something of Stitch uh, rapping. It was some remix or something that he did. Yeah. Um, and I was like, holy shit, man. I was like, yeah, I remember this name, uh, Stitch. I was supposed to battle him. I hit him up. I'm like, bro, you're snapping. This shit's crazy that you're doing right now. He's like, oh, thanks, bro. And we chopped it up. Remember, we used to have to battle back in the day. Ah, we laughed about it. It's all good. And then, uh, and then he won the BET Freestyle Friday. He became the champion like a year and a half ago, two years ago or something, seeing yeah. that. So we just kept in touch. And I was like, bro, we got to cook something. So I, 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 I got a beat, uh, did, got the beat together, got the song together, the whole song together, except I just left the open verse for Stitch, sent it to him. And I'm like, you fucking with this vibe? And he's like, oh shit, you smashed this. Sent me the verse back a few days later. And boom, that was ra- no ragu which was like 2019 Man. Canadian underground. I think that was one of the hardest joints to come out of Canada in the rap scene. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that, and then when I went on tour, I never met him at, to this point. And then when I went on tour that summer with Hungry in, I uh, did an Ontario run. He opened up for me in uh, Toronto well, on the Toronto show. But in the daytime, we went and shot the video in Toronto. So we got banged out the video, did a show. And that was the first time we met. And then we put that out and that kind of became classic. And then me and him both were, we were both like, man, we've never been tagged so many times by others. Like, yo, these guys need to make more music together. This song was so lit. So it was kind of like, and then I was like, yo, because Snack, and then while this was happening, Snack was like, yo, Junk, like, kind of want you back on the label. I'm doing a whole new roster, revamping the team 2.0 stealth bomb, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, word. And I'm like, yo, you should sign this guy, Young Stitch, too. He's a beast. And then Snack looked into him and uh blah 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 and then so i kind of put the bug in snacks ear about stitch and then he was like yo this guy is a beast and then uh then he got and then he's like hey we're gonna i'm gonna sign you and hungry and uh sorry and junk too and then me and stitch are like all right well since we're gonna be officially on this label together let's make this album and then we just made it happen and he came out here last november we shot three videos did a couple other joints in the studio blah 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 hung out for like six days shot four videos did three more songs remixes blah 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 and then he flew back so I've only met Stitch for like five days, really. And we got, <laughs> we got we got twelve songs out, five videos, a remix yeah. video, and got more shit coming. So kind of yeah, and that kind of all led up to this point. It was just like easy, man. He's the beast from the east, yeah. and you know, like kind of we're kind of like similar levels. Uh, I'm in the west, he's in the east. So it was dope to bridge those gaps and like yeah, get him introduced, real, get him introduced into the west, and then you know get me more plugged into the east. So that was kind of oh, like a yeah. calculated move and. Yeah, man. Do you think it's a, this will be probably one of my last questions because we're going into overtime again, but do you think oh, it's yeah. important to uh, establish that base in Canada or establish the industry Fact. in Canada a bit more before you try and go global? Well, I mean, I got a nice little following in Europe because I am European, got a lot of family and friends yeah. there, and I did yeah. a lot of touring out there. And I was like, I've been in front of a lot of eyes out in Europe, which is great. And I speak English. Italian and German yeah. and I rap in those languages when I'm in those like oh, native countries damn, too dude. so it's like so it was like you know it's like a wild card it's like oh shit he's from here he's one of us so like I do have a nice little fan base out in Europe I'm not gonna lie but yeah. uh you know thanks to snack obviously but definitely establishing like if you're like you're from Vancouver like I'll say this uh, I'll say okay I'm representing Vancouver so I won a lot of rap battles here you know what I mean freestyle champion all this stuff so you're getting love from your peers from the other rappers around, like, okay, this guy's the real deal. This guy's body people. He's got championships and fucking he's won a lot of competitions here. Cool. Then you start winning competitions abroad and elsewhere in other countries, other cities. And you're starting to get the love and the credibility. Like, hey, this guy is a real MC. He's, he's winning competitions. That's what you do to break your bones. You know what I mean? To get your credibility. Yeah, Check. Yeah. Did that. Then you, you start touring. Then you start touring. Then you start 
um, you know, getting to a bigger audience. And you start going to Calgary and Edmonton and all West now, though not just Vancouver, but like the whole West coast to Canada. So the Calgary and Edmonton's and Red Deers and Lethbridge's and Vancouver and Victoria's and all that shit. Then you start bridging out. Like I said, then you go to Toronto and Montreal and you did all that. So it's good to just like expand from where you are in like a circular, like, you know, motion, For like sure. just out further and further and just keep expanding. I think it, you just build a solid concrete base. Cause then if the people that are like in the next town look back on the other town, like people from Calgary, check out what's he done in Vancouver. Oh shit. He's a freestyle champion. He's done this. He's done that. He's opened tons of shows. He's got two groups. He's got this word. Now I'm in Calgary. You meet me. I kill the show. You hang out with yeah. me after. You're humble. You're like, man, this guy's <laughs> a nice dude. He's got cool merch. His set was nuts. He's cool with everybody. Boom. It's how you're building, you know, like grassroots, really organic type of stuff. So I think it's good to just like focus on the city and then just slowly just build something concrete and then keep going out further and further and further. So that's kind of, that was like, I mean, I've been in Toronto lots, you know what I mean? And I've done shows, I got love, blah, blah, blah. But like teaming up with someone who's local there, who's respected by everyone and revered, that was like a really key move, you know? And and for Stitch too, vice versa out here. So I think it was just like perfect uh, unison and that album. So yeah, bridged a gap, big gap that we needed, you know, a little void. Uh, that's amazing. I love that. What I'm kind of mm. seeing here, kind of noting that myself is that it's mm. not, it's not really a plan that has all the details kind of like, cut and dry but there is a solid strategy to everything and you've kind of got it boiled down to a science almost yeah and i mean you know science fails sometimes but <laughs> i mean i was that just proves things wrong yeah i feel yeah. Word. that's word man well we are running into overtime bro is there anything that you want to say on the sign out follow me on all social media platforms my name is Hell junk yeah. that's it at my name is junk everywhere um you know instagram fucking youtube all that stuff tiktok just follow me up and uh, stream the albums, um, you know, junk on Spotify or uh, Amazon or Apple and all that stuff. Streams really help. And, uh, you know, dropping comments, sharing and liking is a huge thing for independent artists, you know, because the more you share, it goes to your little fan base, yada, 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 you know, the rest. But that's it. And if you like what you heard today and you're interested in the music and want to cop a piece of limited edition merch or any of my stuff or there's a huge bio and more in-depth stuff and all listings of everything needed to know on me, just go to mynameisjunk.com. That's my official website. You can find out everything about me there. So word up. Word up, bro. And that's how it's done. Thank you so much for joining me today, Junk. I really appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much, man, for having me. I appreciate that, bro. Of course, man. All right, you take care, eh? Much love. Peace. Peace. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Junk. If you want to connect on his socials, learn a little bit more about him, head to www.reevolvemedia.com forward slash junk. And to end the podcast, we're going to listen to his track titled Together in Pieces featuring Omar Khan. Enjoy and take care. of peace is not as dramatic as the pursuit of war. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again.